Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, this is Justin Williams with the Wolfpacker Podcast. I'm joined today, as always, by editor of thewolfpacker.com and fellow co-host Matt Carter. And today we're going to have... A little bit of basketball conversation, talk about the men, talk about the women, both in the win column as of recent, so uh, some good conversation up ahead, and plus if we have time, we'll get into a little college baseball preview, the Wolfpack, or the Pack 9 rather, back in action this Friday, according to Matt Carter. We'll see, uh, hopefully everything goes off as planned. All right, um, Quick, quick reminders before we get into the conversation. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to us. Apple, Spotify, Google Play, you name it, we're there. Um, follow us on social media. At the Wolfpacker is our main account on Twitter. Give us a like on Facebook, NC State Wolfpack on thewolfpacker.com. You can always watch our podcast on our YouTube channel where you should subscribe to our YouTube channel and give this video a thumbs up, please. And last reminder, head over to thewolfpacker.com. And take advantage of the special deal the On3 Network has going on. For just a dollar, you can get a year's worth of premium subscription to the On3 Network, which includes all of the great work at thewolfpacker.com. So go ahead and sign up for that. Great deal if you haven't already. It'll take you to February 16th, 2023. If you signed up today, that's a lot is going to happen in that period of time in NC State Athletics. A lot to look forward to. So uh, take advantage of that deal. And uh, head over to thewolfpacker.com right now. Okay, Matt, let's uh, let's start off with some men's hoops. Finally, it's been it's been a minute, but uh, finally something good to talk about with the with the Wolfpack men. February fifteenth, yesterday, NC State goes on the road, defeats Georgia Tech, first ACC win since uh, mid January when the Wolfpack beat Virginia at home. NC State or uh, Kevin Keats rather gets his first win. Over Georgia Tech, it was the last remaining ACC program that Kevin Keats has yet to defeat, but he got over the Josh Pastner hump, and NC State put together a first half that, I mean, I don't think it's even arguable, probably their best half of basketball this season. I, I don't I don't even think it's even close, Matt. Where it, uh, does that first half rank number one for you this season thus far? And, and, and as an NC State fan... You know what can you take away from the flashes last night? I know no, nobody's going to throw a parade over beating a three and what, what were they three and ten last night going into this game in ACC play. I mean these are two bottom of the ACC teams, but nonetheless you want to win these games. You want to have some momentum to to build off of. So was that the best half you've seen this year from the Wolfpack? And uh, and what are some things that fans could take away and, and maybe get excited about from last night? Uh, first off, yes, by a mile, the best first half of the year. I think Georgia Tech probably played a role into that, uh, if we're being bluntly honest. Uh, they just, um, they just were not as, as sharp for whatever reason. I listened to Josh Pastner after the game, and he's very apologetic about that Georgia Tech performance, but 
NC State deserves credit for that. Um, look, they're a streaky shooting team. For whatever reason, they have chosen against Virginia and Georgia Tech to have their best shooting performances of the year. And they might be the two best defenses in the ACC. Quietly, Josh Pastor kind of built this matchup zone defense that nobody talks about, but it's really hard. And it's second lowest three-point shooting percentage allowed in the ACC, uh, just over 30%. And then State made eight of 14 threes against it in the first half. And this after they became like the second team of Tony Bennett's 13-year tenure at Virginia to shoot 60%. So some weird, weird anomalies for a team that really can't shoot the basketball, which is NC State. But uh, to your second question, what kind of positives or anything? I mean, have to be realistic, right? We were talking for the podcast. NC State now gets a leg up in last place in the ACC, which means you get that Big Ten challenge game next year. Uh, I've said it before, I'm a schedule guy, so... Uh, you know, having they're playing in a nice tournament in the Bahamas. We know St. Louis is coming next year, and to get a Big Ten game on the road, yeah, you start to see the makings of a nice schedule. So, um, that's that kind of how I look at like how far up the ladder can they climb? They're going to be playing on day one of the ACC tournament. Almost ninety plus percent statistical probability. I'm sure of that. I didn't do the math. I just made that up. But. I think they'd have to win out and Louisville would have to lose out and everybody else would have to lose a lot. Yeah, I think honestly they would have to win out and I think uh, Syracuse and or Florida State would have to lose out Okay. for that to happen. Okay. And I don't know. Man, they could theoretically tie them if they won out. And maybe they lost once, but I'd, I'd have to believe they would lose the tiebreaker scenario with a lot of teams. We're talking about a scenario that's not going to happen. It, does, it doesn't matter. It, re- it doesn't yeah. matter. I mean, you know, we can <laughs> fantasize about a magical run in, in Brooklyn, but uh, it's not going to matter. So realistically, you're playing on day one. The season is what the season is. So the, 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 the exciting thing about last night was you finally had a game where you could just, hey, it's fun. They're having fun. They're, they're dunking it. They're stealing it. They're running up and down the court on Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech looks like NC State looked like against UNC. So you kind of got to see it on the other foot. So that was fun. That part was fun. And that's really, they're not quitting. They're not getting their butts kicked. They're still fighting. So those are the, the slim positives you get out of it. To win a game by 15 points when you don't hit a field goal in the last seven minutes and eight seconds of the game, that's... uh. That shows you the type of ass kicking that you just put on a team. I mean, it was it was what NC State led by as much as thirty points. I think I saw at one point. I mean, the yeah, second I, tweet, I tweeted during the game, I NC State just took their largest lead of the game at forty-three to twenty, and Craig Hamill, who's NC State's uh, SID for basketball, really good guy, <laughs> quote tweeted me and said, uh, "That's their largest lead all season." <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's how that's. How, that's what it was like. Well, I, if, if you want a positive, NC State fans, uh, the, the thing that keeps jumping out to me this season, to Quavion Smith, I mean, we, we've talked about him a lot this season. Uh, Matt, I know you're a big believer in your freshman slumps eventually 
every freshman will get to the point of the season where you know the shots aren't falling the game speeds up a little bit defenses adjust they've got some film on a guy you know opponents find ways to slow freshmen down eventually but with Terquavion Smith I mean yes he's had a couple of games where they weren't great performances in ACC play but it's never been a, a lump of games he's never really gone into a slump in fact from what I'm seeing, he just keeps getting better and better as the season goes on. I mean, he just keeps building that confidence. He keeps becoming even more fearless, it's particularly with takes at the rim. I mean, you love to see his aggression, uh, you know, taking it to the basket as opposed to settling for some jump shots. And then when he shoots, I forget what his, you know, three-point percentage was specifically last night. I know at one point it was 75%. I mean, he was hot last night. Leads the ACC in, in three-point makes a game. I know he also leads it in attempts, but that's okay when you rank in the top five of three-point field goal percentage in the entire league. So he is a high-efficiency three-point scorer, and when you have a roster around him that's going to be able to complement that, which I think could be the possibility next season, man, you're going to have something special with Terquavion Smith because, I mean, he's... he's uh, he, he might be the best so returning sophomore in the ACC next season. It, it's hard to imagine that, you know, the other uh, freshman that would compete for freshman of the year this year will not go straight to the NBA after this year. Um, what are you seeing for, from Terquavion Smith? And do you think, I mean, do you think his game is something that, you know, Coach Keats can build around, uh, build around uh, this offseason and maybe put together, you know, a, a team that could make a, a, a run to the tournament next season around him? I think the thing that maybe you can build around to Quavion Smith is probably fans and and a lot of people don't know or don't talk about it, just his, his approach, his mentality, his I want to be the best player on the court. I want to win everything on the court. You know, it's it, that's the guy who just won nothing but championships in high school. So um, he wants to be the best. He has a very competitive fire about him. And as he becomes more and more the focal point in the program, uh, that should become more contagious with the other players, I would hope. Uh, you have this guy who, and that's evident in the fact that, you know, yeah, he had a terrible last two games. He, He's coming out firing. <laughs> He's not going to stop because he believes he can make every shot he takes confident, competitive. Honestly, it's a swagger almost about him that I think NC State kind of needs. And that's something the basketball team needs in general, I feel like. It's just the, the program itself. I feel like sometimes maybe a little bit quick, not accusing Kevin Keats of this by any stress of the imagination. Because I... I know he doesn't feel this way. I think sometimes there's a culture that almost gets hammered into NC State from outside his perspective of, uh, you know, you take your back seat to your neighbors. And, yeah, you can be a nice program, but, you know, don't get carried away with what you think you can be. I think they need more guys like Quavion Smith who kind of like, you know, blank that. I'm the best player on this court, and I'm going to prove it. And... They need more of that, you know, blank that. We're going to be the best team in this area. And nothing about the Blue Bloods scare me or intimidate me or whatever. And 
So I think that's kind of what took Quavion Boone to the table. He's got to get a ton more consistent. No question about that. Uh, you mentioned the three-point shooting percentage. It's kind of misleading because they only count X amount of players who make certain amount of shots uh, per game into that category. But, uh, but when you're comparing they... high-volume three-point shooters, I mean, right. that's what the yeah. NBA is looking for. Yeah, he can do it. He's a good athlete. He has the tools. Play better defense, be more consistent, avoid some of these three for 14 type of games. And that's the next step for him. But yeah, I, I yeah, yeah, he definitely a piece. I agree with you. Should be the best returning sophomore because you got to figure, I'm not sure he's NBA ready yet. Some of these other freshmen are. Uh, they will move on, specifically those guys at Duke. They'll move on. They're just uh, physically ready. I mean, that that's yeah. the difference. Yeah, the kid at Notre Dame, a little bit taller, more filled out wing, uh, Blake Wesley. Yeah. There's a good chance he'll move on too. So, um, so yeah, uh, you may have the best sophomore in the ACC coming back. So, a lot to do around it, but at least you have that piece. NC State, uh, let's see, remaining schedule. Two games left at home, Boston College and North Carolina this uh or excuse me, next Saturday, mixing up my days here. NC State's got actually a week off ahead of it to uh, you know prepare for these last four games. Nice to go into a week break with some momentum in the win column. Boston College at home, very winnable game. You could string together a couple wins heading into that home game against Carolina, and then of course two road games to wrap up the season against Wake and Florida State. You know we'll we'll see how they do in those. They'll they'll be underdogs in the last three games of the season, but. Um, you know, if you can string together a couple wins here with, with Georgia Tech and Boston College, maybe you get some momentum and in and, and end the season on a high note and, and take some momentum up to Brooklyn. So we will see. Good uh, good signs in Atlanta last night and good for Kevin Keats to finally get over the Georgia Tech bug. Um, so now you can say you've beaten everybody in the conference. Now run it back and do it twice. Um, mm. All right, women's hoops, women's hoops. Um on an even more positive note, I don't. Is there anything bad you can say about the women's basketball team? I really don't think there is. They gotta quit getting these slow starts. Okay. I, I, I would say that uh, trailing at halftime to Duke kind of got off to a slow start against Boston College, which ended up being an overtime game because of that slow start. Um, I think they trailed at UNC at halftime recently. Got off to the slow start against Notre Dame, which led to the only loss. I yeah, they gotta figure out a way to start quicker. I, I, I think that some of it is they know they're good. Other teams know they're good. Other teams are giving them their best shot. They're gearing up for them, they're targeting them. And sometimes you kinda want I think West Morris talked about this. Sometimes you want to eventually say kinda like, Can we just get to March? Yeah. <laughs> Can we just start getting to the to the fun part of the schedule or this that's where I'm at. for the elite team, that's part of it. it. It becomes a grind. They're an elite team. Start there. They're an elite team. So the regular season is a grind uh, because it's just a stepping stone to what you're really playing for. And so may, I hope that's kind of the case. Uh, that maybe they uh, come come time at time that they switch, the, you know, flick the, the light switch, uh, light switch, and and turn it on, but uh, that's about it. 
I mean, you're being picky. They, yeah. They're what? 13 and 1, I believe, in the 14 and 1 in the ACC, right? They're 14 and 1. Yeah, they've, in the got, ACC. they've got three games left. So, uh, and I think the women should play. win the next two. Yeah, they should win the next two at home against uh, Wake Forest and Syracuse. I think they're both one, three, and eleven. The other is four and ten. Hard game at Virginia Tech. That'll be the tricky one. If you win that one, you win the ACC regular season. Uh, assuming you don't throw in a clunker in the next two games, but um, that's the key. Just want to get through healthy. And win that game at Virginia Tech, get yourself the number one seed in the ACC tournament, which they haven't had. Both times they've won the ACC tournament, it was not as the number one seed. So um, that's the goal. Now, get their gr- number gr- one seed. Granted, last season they were tied for first. They now they didn't. They shared the regular season championship, but Louisville won the tiebreaker because. I'm now now I'm drawing a blank because NC State beat Louisville on the road last season. Did they play a home and home last season? I can't. I don't recall Louisville beating NC State in Raleigh. It was a yeah. weird. It was a weird tiebreaker because I think they had the. Well, same... they ended up so NC State didn't have the games to play. That's yeah, right. Now. That's right. NC, NC State had to cancel some games. They went twelve and two. And the ACC Louisville played the full slate. Was last year was shortened to sixteen games. Well, they didn't actually. They didn't play an entire slate either, but they played sixteen out of the eighteen games. NC State only played fourteen. Louisville was fourteen and two. NC State was twelve and two. Right. Of course, yeah. NC State beat Louisville head to head twice. So mm-hmm. you know maybe. Uh deserving team to win the regular season last year, but would love to see them do it officially this year and get that one seed, not even have to pack any red uniforms going to Greensboro uh, in just a couple weeks now. Um, but, you know, I was I was watching the, the condensed game of the Duke game this morning before we recorded this podcast, Matt, and, uh, you know, this, this team – the one flaw, I think you brought it up, that they start a little bit slow, but, man, do they know – how to finish a game. I mean, that game was tight going into what five minutes left in the fourth quarter. And then NC state just went all gas, no breaks. Duke didn't have an answer. They just kept, they didn't have an answer for Kunane. I mean, they just kept feeding Kunane and, and that's the scary part of this NC state team is that by adding a dynamic talent like diamond Johnson, giving you a threat from the perimeter, a bucket getter, if you will, in those crunch time moments that makes nc state a much tougher out in these competitive games because you know you you think about last year and you think about the season before that there was no question the ball is going to go to Ellis kunane so now that you have another dynamic talent like a diamond johnson not you know i, I still think kunane is the better player at this point in her career she's just a little bit more experienced she's a dominant big i think you know west moore's probably when in doubt still going to want to feed Kunane than then maybe take a jump shot with Diamond Johnson but it makes defenses play a little bit more true you know again you think about that Rainer Perez shot in the ACC championship last year that was a that was a play designed to go to Kunane Kunane got doubled and that's how she was able to kick it out to Raina for the game winning shot so uh you know, I just love all the weapons on this team stay healthy that's the main thing stay healthy through the regular season stay t- healthy through the postseason, because that that was one aspect of the NCAA tournament run last year. You know, losing Kayla Jones uh, for the Sweet 16 game was 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 crucial. 
So stay healthy and, and let's see. And, and uh, you know, I hear all this Final Four talk. That, that, that shouldn't be the ultimate goal for this team. The ultimate goal for this team should be to win the championship because they're one of five teams uh, in the game that, that are equipped yeah. to do it. One interesting dynamic, though. Um, yeah, they're probably going to be number one seed in Bridgeport unless they uh, stub their toe here a couple of times late in the season. And that probably will be the same reason as Connecticut. And our Connecticut's down. Let's not forget, Connecticut has the best player in women's basketball sitting on the bench in warm-ups and street clothes. But she rehabbed her knee. But I read what, uh, last week uh, they said that she will be back before the season's over. I don't know if you want that number one seed in Bridgeport. You know, because you'd be essentially playing Connecticut on their home court because they would probably be a two or three seed. You essentially would be playing them on their home court in an NC State case with the Final Four both on the line and probably a team that would be a one seed had uh, Paige, is it Duke's? Yeah, Paige Beckers, yeah. Beckers, yeah. It's like uh, if she was healthy, they're probably a one seed and you would get them on their that's a tricky no question are they for sure like a bridge i mean because i know if you get a one seed you they try to put you in the region closest to you location wise but if you're let's say a three or a four seed are they gonna bend over to make sure that uconn stays in bridgeport i mean it it, yeah because i i think that that's kind of a consideration to keep the proximity and when you know in the men it's it's s curve right so if you're the number one seed, you get the worst number two seed, you get the best number three seed, you get the worst number four seed. Um, and that, that's how it works. I think the, based on the way they did the women's tennis bracket reveal as of today, uh, NC State's region would have three, five, and I believe eight, uh, ten. It's not an S-curve at all. Um, you know, so it's it's... It's out of balance. I do think they put an emphasis on proximity and regional biases and all that. So who knows? Well, if you're NC State, root root for the rest of the SEC. You know, maybe South Carolina could take a couple couple losses. I mean, I think that's what it would take probably for NC State to overcome South Carolina. Rightfully rightfully so. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't expect South Carolina to lose again until the NCAA tournament and I fully expect them to be in the final four they are a great team NC State played them as well as anybody this season I mean I know South Carolina has been upset um, but you know they've beaten a lot of great teams this year as well and you have to remember that was the first game of the season Um, you know I know South Carolina also has that excuse as well It, it that's all it is, is an excuse, but NC State didn't shoot the ball particularly well in that game. Either way, would not be surprised to see those two teams go head-to-head again. Last thing, Matt, we can wrap this podcast up on some baseball talk. And for the for the loyal listeners at home, as you know, I moved to California six months ago. I have been removed from the Raleigh day-to-day scene and talk, and yes, I still watch all the football games, all the basketball games, but you know, there's just not a lot of ACC baseball coverage out here on the West Coast, and so Matt, 
talk to me like I've just been removed from underneath a rock from the past six months. What's the deal with NC State baseball? When does it start? What should fans be looking out for this year? Because obviously last last season was crazy and, and like like no other. Uh, starts Friday, three games set against Evansville. Uh, obviously, it's favored to take that opening series. I think the questions you're looking at, yeah, look, it's a whole new team. So it, it, they lost a ton of guys to the MLB draft. I think uh, seven out of nine players in the lineup either went drafted or signed a free agent contract. Uh, two of your five big pitchers also were drafted. So that's a lot of MLB talent that, that left the roster. But he got some really impressive transfers. He got some big-time recruits who originally were thought to be high draft picks that came to NC State instead because their, their demands were too high. Um, so uh, particularly in the lineup, they got three of those freshmen that were probably worthy of being drafted in the first five to ten rounds. They're likely all to start. They got three transfers, one of whom was drafted, uh, but still came to NC State. Um, that are supposed to be high-impact transfers. You got the two holdovers. So interesting to see how that lineup comes together with all those newcomers. And then this year, the pitching had a chance with Sam Highfield and Matt Willison, two-thirds of your rotation last year back, and they're good. It's not, I mean, sometimes we say, oh, they're back. We, the, the question is, are they good? I mean, if you're, if you're not that productive, and you're coming back, what does it matter? But these two guys prove that they can be good ACC pitchers, particularly with Highfield. Um, and Chris Villeman really was a standout late in the year. If he becomes the third starter, and I, some people think he might be a closer. Some people think Elliot Avent's not tipping his hand. But I do wonder, if Villeman starts, they could have a dynamic weekend rotation where they could really win a lot of series from that weekend rotation. So that's the big question. How, how does that early rotation look like? It's fun though. I'm a baseball guy, so I'm, 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 I'm since the MLB is going to be robbing me apparently of my baseball, uh, I have to take what I can get, but uh, uh, NC State baseball is so much fun to watch. So, um, get ready. And plenty of nationally televised games. Luckily I'll, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I don't know when the first game on ACC Network is, but uh, I'll definitely be tuning in. Sounds like the opposite of last year, right? Last year, NC State, probably the best best offensive lineup in, in baseball. I mean, you know, maybe them and Arkansas were the only comparable, you know, teams and just in terms of production. No doubt the best hitting team in the ACC, but it was the pitching that typically, you know, not it was the issue, I, I guess. I mean, it wasn't bad pitching. It was just particularly early on in the year, NC State would, you know, lose games 10, 10 to 9 yeah. or, you know. They basically only had five pitches last year. Yeah. It's, it's amazing that Avent, Elliot Avent navigated that with only five reliable pitches the way he did. It's pretty phenomenal. Well, we'll see. Hopefully, if 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 karma is real and, and, and this is a team of destiny – Elliot Avent will get those boys back to Omaha and claim that College World Series that they so much deserved last season. Ugh, it's just hard to get last season out of your out of your the taste of last season out of your mouth. But uh, hopefully, it'll start to subdue itself, you know, as we get further into the season. But that's gonna do it for this podcast. 
Uh, quick reminders before we tune out, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to us, Apple, Spotify, Google Play. We're also on YouTube. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, the Wolfpacker YouTube channel. Give this video a thumbs up while you're at it and drop a comment if you feel so inclined. Follow us on social media. You can follow our main account, at the Wolfpacker on Twitter. Give me a follow if you want, at Justin H. Will on Twitter as well. And uh, fo- uh, give a like to our main account on Facebook, NC State Wolfpack on the Wolfpacker.com. So that's going to do it for this podcast. Oh, one last reminder. Go to the Wolfpacker.com. Take advantage of that special deal. $1, year's worth of premium subscription. It's the best deal in premium sports media right now. So go over, take advantage of the deal. It's just a dollar. I mean, come on, what are we talking about? So anyways, that's going to do it. For Matt Carter, this is Justin Williams, and this has been the Wolfpacker Podcast.